Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Awesome. Hey, good morning, everyone. How are you? You're good? Good stuff. Can I just have a little bit of light out there? I just want to see you all. Oh, look at your good-looking faces. How about you just turn to your neighbor and say, Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. I'm just so glad that you came to church today. You know, some Sunday mornings I wake up about 6.30 and I'm like, man, I hope somebody comes. <laughs> I hope God's going to do something radical in someone's life. And so, you know, it's just so good. You know, the Bible says to not forsake the gathering together of believers because when we gather together, that's where we experience at another level uh, community. We experience his presence. We also, we're changing culture. We're telling our children that this is important. We're actually fashioning the kingdom of heaven. God loves his house. Jesus loves his church. He came up with the word church. He said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So when you come to church, you're coming into an environment that Jesus is building. That Jesus is building, that Jesus' intention is that it would be built and it would be strong. It would be majestic. It would resonate uh, throughout the regions and the, and, the, um, and the cities of this world. God has a big plan for his church. So, hey, if you're visiting with us here today or you're new along, it's so good to have you. I'm Glenn, one of the senior pastors with uh, my wife, Deb, and uh, we've been doing this uh, for about three years now, and it's just super cool to have you all here. Yeah. Hey, I just, um, something I want to encourage you to do, which Debbie did during our worship time, is to, man, is to when, we're, when we're engaging with praise and worship, is just to, to bring the praise to God. To bring, sometimes it's actually a sacrifice to bring praise. And that's what, that's what the Bible says, is that, it, that we can bring a sacrifice of praise. It means it's not easy. A sacrifice is putting something into God's hands that we, you know, and saying, God, I don't have anything here I can do with this, but I know when I give it to you, you can do something great with it. When we bring praise to God, when we bring our worship to Him, when we tune in to what He's doing and we tell ourselves, our circumstances, our mind, uh, you know, everything to take a seat and we give Him preeminence when we praise God. And church, I want to encourage you. I want to be a part of a church that brings a sacrifice of praise. Like I want to be a part of a church that is courageous to look beyond their circumstances and says, you know, I've had a crappy week. I've had some things that have got me down. And maybe there's some really real stuff going on in your life. And I don't want to diminish anything in your pain or anything like that. But even to just say, look, I'm going to let others' praise wash over me today. 
I believe in praise. Do you know this uh, verse in, in Hebrews 12 just keeps bringing perspective around my life. And we all love uh, being sons and daughters of Jesus, don't we? We're like, that's one of those privileges and one of those great things about, you know, just coming in. He's the Father, we're the Son. And then, and then in, and if you read Hebrews 12, I dare you to do this. It says, it's talking about the, the, how a father how disciplines his children and how, you know, we love our children. And I, and I would be, I'd be crazy not to discipline my child, wouldn't I? And in the same way, God's looking at our lives and he's like, I'm gonna, I want to discipline you. I want to disciple you through what you're going through in life. It's not just a random thing that you're facing. I want to use, you know, he says in his word that all things work together for good. So everything you're facing and you're going through in your life has actually got, you, you engage God into that thing and something good's going to happen out of it because he wants, to, he, wants to, he wants to do something great in your life through this process. And this verse, all right, there's this verse in there that says, just don't hate me for saying this, it's in the Bible. But it says, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. Yeah, that's a pretty, ooh, (laughs) like when I'm having a bad day, or I'm like, this whole faith journey is just like too hard. This adventure in life is just too extreme. Then, you know, I think about Stephen, who was stoned. To death. I think about Paul who was persecuted and wrote most of the Bible from a hole in the ground that was his prison. You know, I think about these guys that laid their lives down and said, you know, Jesus is the reason for my life. He's the reason for my next breath. He's the reason for my Monday, my Tuesday, my Wednesday, and my Thursday. He is the reason for my life. Yeah. So um, I, was, I was hanging out this week with the mighty Devon down the back there. I just want to share a cool testimony with you, a cool healing testimony. He was telling me how was, uh, uh, they've had sickness in their family during the 21 days uh, of breakthrough and how it was really tough for a week or so. And this uh, this sickness just wouldn't move. And it was a tummy bug. It just wouldn't get out of the house. And that. Uh, and I think the kids weren't eating. That was right. I had no food. And they were about to go to the doctors. I think you had a worship time or a pray time or something like that. And um, you're three-year-old. What's, what's his name? Elijah, yeah, awesome, eh? And he says, Jesus, please heal me. Just like that, eh? Jesus, heal me. And uh, immediately, immediately the pain went. Immediately his symptoms changed. His appetite returned immediately. That's right, and there was something else that went on, but we won't talk about that. But it was, it was all about that tummy bug being radically healed in a moment. That God is good. As we gather around his promises, we gather around uh, what he's saying over our lives. He is doing good things. Hey, I just want to bring you up to, to date, just quickly up to speed with um, this opportunity I've talked about with uh, this business, uh, this, business, this uh, building, the Thrives Next Home that we're hoping for. And as I said, there's an opportunity that we're actually looking at, and I can't say exactly where it is at the moment, just out of respect for the process that we're in. Um, at the moment, what we've done, though, is that we've actually put an offer in with another investor in this town for this uh, location, which is awesome. It's really cool. It's $3.8 million. So it's, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a faith step in that. 
Um, we've, it's a conditional, so don't worry. You, haven't, you don't have to sign up your house right now to, to, the, to cover this. Don't worry. It's, it's conditional and subject to finance and due diligence with the council. We've got like 90 days in there, so there's no, we're, not, we're, not, we're not in a corner uh, with this. But they've come back with a pretty exorbitant kind of response for what they want for the building. And uh, we've, we've offered on, on um, market value and, and on um, commercial value. And so we're just looking at actually just upping that a, a, a wee bit more, but we have to actually talk with the other guys before we like, make that whole thing concrete. Uh, and so it's going to take a miracle, church. Like, that's a good thing. Wherever we end up, it's going to take a miracle. Wherever you end up in life, it's going to take a miracle with Jesus. He's all about miracles. He's all about us engaging with faith and process. It's with that we inherit the promises of God. So like, I don't want to be unfazed by this kind of like, they've put out sort of like five, five and a half, or well, 5.2 million, I think, they've come back and said that's what they want. And, it's, and, and we just don't think that's realistic. Uh, the rateable value doesn't think that's realistic. So just be praying this week that God would be, you know, he would open doors that no one can shut, shut doors that no one can open. When, uh, when we walked through this uh, place, I just felt like God say to me, you know, my smile is with you in this. My smile is with you in this. It was like, it was a little ambiguous. It wasn't like, this is the place and you should, uh, you will own this. And it was like, this is a good process. This is a great thing that you're doing. So we're stepping out in faith and we're believing that God's going to open doors. And we're just, you know, if, if this would be awesome if it's this location, it would be so good. But we're excited if he says it's not as well, because there's somewhere great uh, for us. Edward um, has reminded me constantly, like this year around this verse from 1 John 5, 14 and 15, and this is a confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask for anything according to his will, he hears us, and if we know... and. If we know what he, that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have when we ask him. He hears us. He wants to give to us accordance with his will. That is good. That's the building update. Next update is that in two weeks, we've got Elevate. You've got one of these on your seat. Uh, this is going to be uh, an exciting day to uh, build into your faith walk, into your, uh, to invest into your life. Um, we've got leaders coming from uh, North Island, actually, to come and speak at this conference in a day. We're going to do a road trip. Uh, down there, you could. We, we need you to register today if you're keen. Uh, registrations actually close on Tuesday, so you could just sign up at info, and we would love to see you come down to Ashburton with us. It's going to be an awesome day. Awesome! Do you know Sean's going to be speaking this morning as well for about 10-15 minutes, so that's going to be awesome. I just want to just take you on just a little bit of a journey before um, I get Sean up uh, this morning, uh, and it's a little bit of a window. It's really funny that actually, Jared, you had that kind of like, hey, Honor, Glenn, and Debbie this morning. It was just like, that was re I really appreciate that. That was awesome. I just like, God's good. And we all, you know, like, we're all awesome, all right? <laughs> None of us are more awesome or elevated uh, above one another. But it was just like a really, it was really encouraging for what we're facing and what we're processing through and where we're going, we believe, as a church. Um, I just want to take you just on a little bit of a journey of like, from when I got into ministry to here, just five minutes. Um, so, 
I was an artist for 10 years. I don't know if you guys know that, but anyway, that was me. I left high school, and I was a chalk artist. I worked on Cashel Mall, had an incredible studio there. It was actually a really privileged job, really desired job for artists actually around uh, Canterbury. Every day I would go to work, I'd pick up a stick of chalk, I'd be drawing uh, caricatures, I'd be doing uh, menu boards, artworks. It was a pretty uh, epic job. And and so I, was, I did that for about 10 years from time I left school to when when I started our business in um, about 2006, and then I did it for a few years after that as well. Um, but anyway, right back um, around the same time that Deb, Deb and I met, um, uh, 19, end of 1995, and uh, around that time, 1996, I had this uh, offer to go and work in Sydney as a chalk artist. And I'd been over to Sydney a couple of times and I'd spent about a month there and a month up in Cairns working uh, and doing some crazy fun stuff. It was a great environment um, to go into. I just kind of felt like I really never wanted to settle down in Rangiura. I was like, you know, I want to be a part of a city. I want to experience that kind of culture of city living and that sort of thing. And I just remember this being such a great opportunity. But at the same time, like I said, I'd met Debbie. And so I was just um, like, I, you know, it actually wasn't a hard decision at all. It was not a hard decision at all. I just want to encourage you on that, darling, and honor you this morning. <laughs> But there was a part of me that was like, I want to I get out of Rangiura. I, I just want to be a part of something big. So it came down to these three options. One was to move to Sydney and leave Deb. The other one was to stay in Rangiura and hopefully marry Deb. The other idea, the third idea I had was to kidnap Debbie, hijack a plane, and move to Sydney. <laughs> so I did that, and God brought me home. No. So it was an easy, it was actually a pretty easy decision for me. Um, Deb had my heart. I knew at that time, like, I was just like... I was just so in love with her, and it was pretty much like wherever she was uh, was going to be where I wanted my future to start. I was like, I've, I believe that God's actually called us to to be together, and and and, and um, I was I was quite a futuristic person, and I could see, well, what if I settled down in Rangiura? What what is this going to look like? That wasn't really what. Um, what I, what I was wanting to do. And you know how every time, every time we make a decision, a decision is actually a gateway to our future. It's, a, it's this is like, okay, this is who I'm going to become. This is where I'm going with my life. And it was one of those, you know, oh, man, what if I end up living in Rangio for the rest of my life? I'm, I don't know if I could handle that, Jandal. And, and what, what if I miss out on what God's uh, called me to do and, uh, and, and my creativity? And that was a big part of my identity, actually, at, at that time. I was really uh, immersed in, in, in my art, and, and that was where I got my affirmation around which wasn't actually altogether uh, healthy. And I remember actually just having this revelation that I needed to ask God about my future. Like I knew it was actually, I needed to start, I needed to give my heart to Debbie and to Jesus. But it was like, okay, you need to start with your future. So I'm like, God, what, what, what is it? For about a year, he, he just kept talking to me about going to Bible college. Go to Bible college. Go to Bible college. Go to Bible college. It was very much a go to Bible college year, 2000 and, uh, and, and uh, sorry, 1996. And, and um, I remember I went to Bible college and I went there and I knew that I was going to actually, well, I went there in faith believing that God was actually going to talk to me about my destiny. I had no idea I wanted to be a pastor or anything like that. I just wanted to be, him to be my leader. You know, I want to follow the leader. And, and so I, I went up there and I got two words when I was up there, like six months, invested a whole lot of money, a whole lot of time, and he gave me two words that changed my life. And one was youth, the other was business. Two words, two words to change my destiny from Jesus. 
Do you know God can do a lot with two words in our lives? He can do a lot with one word in, in, in our life. And, and, and that cost me, like I said, those two words cost me a lot of time. It cost me a lot of money. But I don't actually regret the cost uh, or the price that I paid to get those words now. At the time, man, what am I doing up here? This is like weird. I have no confidence. I've got to speak in front of people. I've got to pretend I'm an academic and, and spell. You know, I, I've got to do, you know, writing and assignments. Gee, the last time I did an assignment was 1984, and I failed that, so I didn't try again. You know, it's like I really went into out on a limb, and, and but I got these two words, and I discovered through those two words that it's not the size of the place that you live or the external environment that gives us significance in our lives, but it's the bigness of who lives in your heart. It's the bigness of God's word to your life and the preeminence that he wants to stir into our hearts through his word. Like you don't have to go to Sydney to be great. You don't have to go to Auckland or Christchurch or be a part of one of the, the, the cities of New Zealand to actually see the bigness of God be released through your life. In another 150 years, it really doesn't matter where you lived. It matters actually what flowed out of your life and what came through your life. I want to encourage you. <laughs> I want to encourage you to not look at the green grass on the other side of the fence today. To not to be someone who's like always looking over at the fence at the neighbors or at someone else's life or lifestyle, but to actually go God's positioned me. He's planted me here and my grass might look a bit brown, it might look a bit dry, but he's called me to water this. He's called me to to enrich this place. He's called me to to plow it. He's called me to see this this region revived. He's called to see my business change. He doesn't want you to maybe leave your business or leave your workplace. He wants you to do something in it. He wants you to, he wants to do something great in you. And, and so it's been awesome. And, and um, it was about 20 years ago, I realized to the month that God gave me those two words. I was like, wow. I was like, did this little last night. I was like, oh, 20 years ago. And I just want to um, just say that it's been 20 amazing years. It's been 20 years of hard times at times, 20 years of just trying to figure out where the next dollar is going to come from, trying to, you know, provide for our family, and 20 years of, like, of courage, and 20 years of, like, friendship, and 20 years of believing in God, 20 years of raising up young people, like, 20, like, Tim Good, like, you don't know this probably, but I took over our youth group from Tim Good, like, 20 odd years ago, I guess it was, and he'd done an epic work here, but he was, uh, he was moving on, and, and I remember like just coming in and, and, and having a small gathering with like a, a, a youth group, I don't know, of about six to eight people on couches, uh, and just believing in them, just saying, I believe in, in you. I believe God's got a call for your life. I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to do anything, but I know God's called me to serve youth. I know God's called me to to see something great happen in your life. And it took us like six or seven years probably of just, investing in young people, telling them that we believed in them, just, just saying, look, you've, God's got something great on your life for them to actually start believing it for themselves. Suddenly we just got a bit of momentum and we saw amazing people come into our, into our leadership team and we gathered leaders around us and like credible people like Matt Kennedy, man, you're an epic legend. 
like this guy who just come and be a part of youth for so many years and, 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 and lead games. And he, see, Matt came on a camp with us up to uh, Kaiteri Terry. And, and he wasn't a part of our church at that time. And, and we just had youth leaders that would talk to him. John Belingle shared his faith. And, and Matt started going, you know, actually maybe Jesus is real. And he gave his heart to the Lord. You know, his incredible wife, Kat, was a part of our team for so many years as well. There are others here we could just, like, that you don't know about that have served so faithfully in this house because they believe in God's call and his heart for this region. It's a big thing. It's a big deal. Seeing a region transformed with the blood of Jesus Christ and the lordship of, of His Lordship in our lives, is, that's how it's going to happen. I just want to honor all those today who have actually paid a cost for, for your faith and for the years of faithfulness that you have invested in to the kingdom. And God has mighty plans for this region. He wants to do something big in this town through our lives together. And I just believe in this season He's calling us to step on to step on, to move on, to not look back and just kind of go, well, that was the time in my life where I had faith and I was in ministry and I was doing, I just want to encourage everyone to step on in faith. No matter where you're up, where you're at in your life to say, oh, God's called me. Yeah, I've, maybe I've got a mortgage and I've got family and I've got children and I've got, but that's no reason to park our faith. That's no region, reason to put our courage behind us. That's no, re, no region, no region, no reason. I love this region. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that was a good word. <laughs> I want to just invite up Sean right now. Let's just put our hands together. I just want to, Sean's got a, a really cool word this morning, and he's just been sharing with me what's on his heart for community. He's been a real key member of our build team here, um, and over the last month would be fair to say that he has really pioneered this initiative that we're looking at. He's invested so much time, prayer, energy, like this guy has been running really hard. We've done lots of talking and communicating and documents back and forward, and this guy is really pouring out his life for the kingdom, and not just for a big building, but for actually for for people, that people would have a place. And so I just want to, I want to honor you, bro, for all the amazing work that you and Nikki have done in this place, um, leading the host team for many years and just being a part of our church family. We love you and we honor you this morning. So have a microphone. Thanks, mate. <laughs> mate, it was great preaching, man, but you keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, good morning, everyone. Thanks for, um, yeah, it's just a real honor to be able to share my heart and, um, and what God's been sort of birthing inside of me in terms of community. In the last little while, so um, yeah, how much time have I got, mate? About 10 minutes? 15 max? Let's see if I can squeeze it out, eh? All right. <laughs> cool, yeah. So, um, yeah, just wanted to honour um, our senior pastors, Glenn and Deb, as well. Like, um, you know, when it comes to community, nobody does community better than them. Like, they just love this heart. This church was such a great heart. They, um, yeah, they just put their heart and soul into this place. So, just wanted to honour them and, um, yeah, so I just wanted to unpack a few different things. I don't know whether those slides are working, man. See if that's going to work. If not, I'll let you play around with that and you can uh, see how you get on. But um, yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the, um, the story of Barnabas, uh, Saul, or later known as Paul and Mark in the Bible. Um, so it starts from Acts 11 through to about Acts 15, so I won't get too heavy in, in reading out every word um, for time's sake, but 
Yeah, basically Barnabas started um, as you know his name means a son of encouragement. So he was a uh, a big encouragement in the church, and he was a man that knew how to do community really, really well. Um, so basically, in, in Acts eleven twenty two, you hear about Barnabas actually went to Antioch and he he actually sought out Saul, and so Saul was um, reasonably recently converted at that point. And um, if you know anything about Saul's life, he was known as one of the biggest Christian killers around, and so he had a pretty bad rep. And so for Barnabas to actually seek him out, um, he had to look past uh, his his past and his background, and actually look at what God was doing in his life. And um, and so Barnabas, yeah, he he sought him out and he got beside him and he walked that journey of encouragement and growth in Saul's life for, for many years. And so you see um, down in um, Acts 13.9, Saul's filled with the Holy Spirit, and so you see a real, uh, a real growth in his life. Um, and from that verse onwards, he, he tackles some pretty um, heavy stuff. And from then, he's actually known as Paul, not Saul. So he goes through a bit of a name change in the Bible. And, um, and where it always refers as, um, as Barnabas and Saul, it actually changes from, um, from Barnabas and Saul to Paul and Barnabas. So Paul takes another whole level of authority and influence in his community. And then that was really key to um, the influence Barnabas had had in his life. And um, so I wanted to bring Mark into the picture as well, because in Acts 13, nine, Mark is actually taken along um, on that trip as well. But when times got tough, Saul stood up with the Holy Spirit and, and really pushed through. But Mark actually uh, deserted them and headed home, much to uh, Paul's disgust. So yeah, it talks um, down in um, Acts 15.36, um, Paul and Barnabas are doing their thing as they do and they're planning another trip. And Barnabas is like, let's take Mark. And Paul's like, no way. Why do we want to take Mark for? Last time he deserted us and he headed off and did his thing. And, um, and so Barnabas is like, he, he, it says that he's strongly, or had a strong disagreement with, uh, with Paul over that. So he basically decided, no, I'm going to basically um, cut uh, what I'm doing with Paul, which is a big move because he had been you know, cl- close friends with him and done a lot of work with him over the years. And so he actually went separate ways to Paul with Mark to encourage and to grow him. So Barnabas had such a strong uh, commitment to community that he ditched um, basically that strong relationship and probably a very close friendship to, um, to walk the path with Mark. Um, and it says that um, Paul then went in a different direction with Silas. Um, and, you know, we all know what, um, what Paul did. You know, he went on to have massive influence and, um, and write much of the New Testament. But um, Mark also um, had a massive process of growth um, with Barnabas walking alongside him. Because you see, um, you know, Barn- uh, Mark went from a position of being relatively worthless in Paul's eyes to, if we look in um, uh, later on in Philippians 1.24, Colossians 4.10, 2 Timothy 4.11, each of those passages, Paul actually honors Mark for being a, a, a prophet of high value, um, someone who's uh, great for the cause. And he actually, in one of those passages, actually called for him specifically by name as someone of high value to, to go to a church. So you can see there's a real process of change, and it just shows the strength of community in Barnabas and what he achieved in that. So, so yeah, the um, so I'll skip through a few things, but I don't know where the end of those pictures are coming up, man. But um, I had this real cool picture of a tree, which I thought was awesome. But that's right. Let's see if it's going to work. Is it there? Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, try. Yeah, that one there. <clears throat> so um, I reckon community... Um, yeah, you can really uh, envision it in soil and trees and growth um, with, you know, the roots. So there's three main um, elements that I think are really key in community. You've got the um, stability, protection, and nutrient or environment for growth. 
And so um, community, I see it as soil. Um, soil where you plant your seed and you grow and develop. So you can see here, you know, the stability really is, um, yeah, let's say you have a, a gift of, or a seed of discipleship in your life or of healing, and, and you plant that in the soil of the community. And when you plant that in the soil of community, it gives it a great environment for growth. And so you know, often where people get a word from God and they, and they get a seed but they don't plant it in community, they often pursue it for a short period and they drop off or they start going in the wrong direction or they, they get discouraged. Whereas if you plant it in community, so, you know, Jared's a great one. You'll, I'll share with him something that God's been speaking to me about and he'll encourage me in that and, and he'll remind me about it and he'll say, oh, how, how's that journey going for you? And, and he'll resource me. And so where you have that soil, where you plant that seed in soil of community, it gives you a lot of stability and your growth um, so definitely encourage you guys in that and, and it protects that seed as well you know you throw your seed on top of the soil and the birds can get it and the sun can kill it and, whereas if you plant it deep in, in soil then it is protected so yeah that's the idea um, yeah so and, and that yeah that leads on to an environment for growth as well so you can see here I've got a couple of pictures of um, different root systems as well a lot of people are like I've planted my seed in the soil of the community and, um, and I'm, I'm not seeing any fruit <clears throat> but if you look below the soil, especially on the right-hand side there, you can see a plant that's grown with a deep root system. And that's the beauty of community. If you can grow deep roots, you know, you're not easily moved, you know, because storms will come. The devil will try, he'll, he'll try and ruin that fruit. He'll try and uh, rip your plant out if he can. Whereas if you have deep roots, even though you're not necessarily producing a lot of fruit, the roots are what's key to, um, to producing fruit long-term and, and good quality fruit as well. Um, so the last one here, I don't know if that's going to change me. Do I have to point it? There we go. Oh, yeah. I just thought this was a real cool picture of um, maturity and community as well. Like, so, you know, you've got two mature trees standing side by side. Um, yeah, it could be a, um, two brothers. It could, could be any two people in community. And, and, you know, because they have a strong root system, but they're actually holding each other up. Um, I just thought it was a really cool picture as well. So. Um, so yeah, lastly, I just wanted to go through a few points of how to build community. So I used bricks there because, um, well, obviously community is a foundation. So, but um, unconditional love is one of the key, um, the key parts I think of building strong community. Um, in First John four nineteen, we love because God first loved us. And yeah, for me, unconditional love is is not judgmental love. It's not love that is conditional on a person being you know, similar to you or having the same views or, um, or anything along those lines. It's, it's love that um, is replicating God's love in our lives, which I think is really, really important. And, you know, encouragement is something I really enjoy, and, um, and it's a great part of community. Hebrews 3.13 says, encourage each other daily. Um, and so, you know, encouragement is a great, great part of community. Um, and contribution is a big one as well. Like um, in any community, if you don't have an even contribution, the community dies. So if you have people that take more out of the community than they put back in, the community won't live, um, and it's not a healthy community. And so, you know, then, well, if you have one person that's taking more than they're putting back in, then you have other people that have to give more than they get out of the community. And, and that's a real issue. So, yeah, it's an issue around resource. Um, you know, a church has to survive. It has to have money, <laughs> and that's important. Um, and it's the same with time as well. People have to contribute um, time and, and, um, and also love and, and heart and, um, you know, and prayer and intercession. All those things are all keys. Um, key con contributions to community. So, 
And second, last, I've got, oh, sorry, I've got um, authenticity is, is really important in community. So being, being real about who you are and, and where you're at, taking constructive criticism is really important um, with a heart to grow. Um, next one is responsibility, which I think is a real big one. So taking responsibility in community is taking responsibility in relationship for what you're saying, how you're acting, um, how you're seeing other people, um, not allowing gossip. So, you know, not, not entering into gossip, but also not allowing another person to talk. Gossip is really, really important. Um, you know, the quickest killer of community is, um, is not taking that responsibility. Um, and, yeah, and, and stewarding well and stewarding life in the community is really important. And the last one I've got is, is vulnerability, and community is really important. So um, just being open to who you are as a person and, and what God's journeying in your life is really important. Like if you're, um, if you're not showing vulnerability, you're not showing who God is in your life. And so vulnerability is actually a key way of influencing the people around you. And at the end of the day, that's what God's plan for community is, is to influence um, the people in our greater community, that way growing our community and, um, and yeah, seeing God's plan fulfilled. Like One of the biggest seeds that um, sort of sparked uh, this word and, and what God's been speaking to me is, is Glenn's vision for 10,000 souls. And, you know, and we, um, we love our community and we love our church and, um, and to see 10,000 people one to God in this community is significant, and it would it would change change the whole face of government and business and, and everything. And so, yeah, it's it's a great passion point for me for sure. So yeah, now God God has our church in a great season of growth at the moment, and I think community is a really important part of that. Um, and can you, can, continuing to grow community is really important. So being open to that, open to new people coming in, and um, and seeing that growth in our, in our greater community. So, you know, buildings, all that thing, they're all great, but having a system or a, um, a community of people that are welcoming and willing to grow is, is the number one part of it. So, yeah, so now that's about me, man. I'll let you carry on. That was a good word, eh? Like, man, I didn't ask him to say all that stuff. He, he just, like, he's got a heart for this church, and something that I, th- I find really inspiring, just going to a bit more of a shout-out, we're sort of doing shout-outs for each other today, so it's nice, a bit of bat, bit the old pat, pat on the back, encouragement, that's right, well, that's what we were talking about, and Barnabas actually means son of encouragement as well, so, so good, is that, um, here we've got uh, Sean and Nikki and so many others in the church, not, not this, these guys, that are, they don't wear a label, a pastor label, like, they're not like, oh, they're, they're actually just people that care deeply about the church and actually are acting really pastorally from that sense of like, well, I've got a heart to reach, I've got a heart to meet you where you're at, I've got a heart to actually establish connection with whatever you're going through in life. And we want to, we actually want to raise a community that has this deep connection of, of love being our greatest value, our greatest reason of why we do what we do. And, and that, you know, the 10,000 word, I don't know if you've heard that before, but that just happened at a conference for me. And God just kind of like wrecked me in a moment and I ended up on the floor and he just dropped this 10,000 words and, and for, for people in our community. And it wasn't just like a number. Um, it was actually this kind of sense like, you're called to this tribe. Like this, <laughs> I'm just going to get emotional for a moment. Uh, past, great. Uh, this people <laughs> that you're called to, they're not just, you know, it's not just another person driving a car, not just another person 
in a house, eating their dinner, that, you know, is at the shops, just whatever. That this is, these are our people. This community is our tribe. And it felt, I'd never felt a sense of tribalness, you know, where Europeans here were kind of like, hey, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to build this fence on my own. I'm going to, which I did that recently. Well, no, I had Peter helping me. He was awesome. Uh, you know, it's just like, we just like to go out and do stuff on our own. And there's something that we're called to in a deeper way is actually we're called to one another. We're called to each other, but we're called to go beyond as well. And actually to start looking at our community like they're, they're loved because <laughs> they are. They're not, just, they're not just noise in our life and another person that's like, oh, hurry up. This roundabout is so clogged up. <laughs> it's like so many, so much traffic. You know, <laughs> every car, there's a soul. There's a heart. And when we start praying for those people around us, start asking God to start moving our hearts and softening our hearts for, for ones that come into our worlds and just making room for those who are on the way. We're, go, we're all going somewhere, and it's great to have a vision and do stuff in life, but Jesus was someone who stopped on the way. On the way, he saw Zacchaeus in a tree. He's like, let's have lunch. <laughs> Let me change your life. You know, it's just on the way that we have these encounters. I want to just stand right now. and um, I just want to, I just hope that you're encouraged today that wherever you're at in your life, God wants to do something great. He wants to be, He is with you. <laughs> he just wants you to know that today, that your life has significance, it has meaning, has purpose, and you're woven into the fabric of his family. You're a part of his community. I just wonder if you just, maybe just close your eyes and just lift your hands just to receive this morning. Holy Spirit, we just position ourselves as sons and daughters of a, of a loving father. We just want to give you our heart again. We want to give you our frustrations, our struggles. Um, just every, all those tensions that we do in life, God, but we just give them into your hands and we just want to take a hold of now that reason that you've taken a hold of us that is preeminent over all those challenges. We just say that you're the victory, that you're the strength, that you're our heart, that you're our hope that you're our lifeblood, and we just give you our hearts today. Oh, God, I just right now, I just release the breath of God just over chaos and just where it needs to come in and just breathe again, just breathe on empty dreams and on disappointments and on frustrations and hard ground. And Holy Spirit, we just, we just receive your breath this morning. We just thank you that you are the God of miracles that with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. And we look to you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, team. Thanks for listening. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz.